Lifetime, the official athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, has something for every member of your family. Get your family going today at lifetime.life forward slash kids. Well, what I love about Coach Flores is he's a very no-nonsense type of coach. He's very direct. He knows exactly what he wants. And even beyond that, when you look at coming from a championship dynasty franchise like the New England Patriots, like, you can't knock that. I was thrilled for him and his success. I think there was this narrative that he was sort of like this middle-of-the-road quarterback who was more of a game manager, and in crunch time, was he really going to be able to deliver? Those one-score games, a lot of that's orchestrated by Kirk. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast on location this week. We are in Los Angeles at the NFL Network Studios. That's right. We got Mike Yam and MJ Acosta Ruiz from the Total Access show Woo! on NFL Network, the dynamic duo themselves. <laughs> this is fun. Have you guys ever done like a podcast together? There's been only one, one. iteration. Yeah. One episode of, ironically, the TA podcast, the Total Access okay. podcast that we've done oh. together. <laughs> and then that's it. So, hey. Hey, I'm, we're, I'm ready to hang out. And the fact yeah. that like we get to answer questions and not ask them, I'm, there you go. I'm, I'm ready. Little, I know it is my, it is, is our um, job. And I know yeah. you, I noticed you're, we have our own like Look, Vikings I, team I with cards it. we're playing I, I, with. I got to be honest with you because we have, when I got to NFL Network, I was always impressed by the stationery at, on the network. Like you're, you got the cards Paper and they're, stock. they're, they're, they're yes. branded. Yeah. You guys roll deep. You got a whole stack of Vikings Entertainment Network cards, which I, I don't, I touch them because they look oh, they're glossy. Nice. It's the paper there, there's a good little feel yeah. to them yeah mm-hmm. so it's gonna yeah. be well be keeping some i will of these say things. i want one of those by the way I'm gonna take you can one take later. one home okay. for sure actually steve weish almost walked off with one I'm of sure ours that i wrote questions on and he was like do you need this i was like no it's a souvenir man you it's can a souvenir. have it i love it put it in my memory yeah. box i know I it, that. that's but that's like the one yeah I that's the one. one cool thing about i think the operations of the vikings going on is we do come out here we get to talk to you yeah. guys we are kind of, you know, we have a nice, nice studio at home, taking some tips from y'all on total access. I know our off season is pretty hectic. Yeah, that, I, I mean, say, it's not I don't know really why we an call off, it the off season, right? Like, it's just what is it? Yeah, what is it like for you guys? Chaos. <laughs> it's busier, I would say, no Mike, doubt. than it is in the regular season. Really? In the regular season, there's a cadence, right? Like, we know the game days for the for the most part. <laughs> we know sort of like the rhythm of the week um, and how things go. The storylines are always different, but off season is sort of like a little a, a little firestorm that's just yeah whenever things just pop up free agency frenzy because there's so much breaking news and as you know we roll right into it so we do super bowl and then boom combine boom uh free agency boom we're getting ready for the draft it doesn't stop there is a frenetic pace to it i mean which i guess feeds into the whole frenzy thing the way that we brand it with all these free agents (laughs) but i'd even take it a step further just you know you spend the entire nfl season watching the games generally speaking on sunday and my background before i got here was a lot of college football Mm -hmm. on saturdays so you know, I'm still watching, but I'm not watching the same way. And then for yeah. MJ and I at this point, like the NFL season's over. We're trying to catch up on free agency, guys and player movement across the board, but at the same time, prep for the draft. And you're talking, you know, 300 some odd players yeah. um, to focus in on. So it, it does look, it's an awesome problem. And I'll use air quotes. It's, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> tremendous, but it is definitely busier now than I think during it's the season. <laughs> yeah. What do your Sundays look like? Like, how do you watch the game in season? Yeah. You mean? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, and it's weird too here on the West Coast, right? Yeah, I'm like, because oh, yeah, the game starts so, so early. early. Yeah. My dad came to visit from from Miami, um, and he's like, "This is going to be great." 
you have like all the games, you have access to everything. Like we can have like pancakes. <laughs> then he realized very quickly following all the games yeah. simultaneously is very, very difficult. And we have like Slack channels and text threads with producers. Oh, wow. We're going back and forth on things that happen. Of course, you have to tweet about it or else you're obviously not a good sportscaster because that's the metric. So it's Preach. like Sundays are a full work day. I would say heavier than a show day. Yeah, although I'll take, I'll give MJ credit because she's actually on the Slack channel. I just figured out a few weeks ago how to log into my account. Uh, so I'll I'm, confess something to you. I dropped the Slack yeah. channel in there, but I don't, I don't um, use I'm it. I'm old school. Either pick up the text phone, me. text me, yeah. or email me. Um, yeah. But those threads are ongoing, and then you're looking for some of these critical moments. I usually have like Red Zone up and then a couple other monitors, or I'm in here. And if I'm in here doing sort of our whip around show, I actually feel like I'd rather be here mm. working working as opposed to watching from home because I get sidetracked. Oh, yeah, and, you get distracted, you know, for you know, sure. You're folding laundry sometimes <laughs> in between, in, oh, yeah. in between stuff. You know, after the, the early games finish up and that lull heading into um, Sunday night football. But generally speaking, it's, you know, you're just trying to figure out, hey, what are those critical moments? What are the game-changing plays? What are we going to be talking mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. on Monday? And in, in, on top yeah. of that, what's, wow. you know, heading into Monday night football? Because right. that's usually, yep. TA's a longer show on that day anyway. Oh, yeah, because you guys have to preview that one. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. So you obviously have the pulse of the NFL. You guys know this league, like the back of your hand. What was uh, the perception, you, do you think, this past season about the Vikings? I think for me, especially just in the conversations we had on the show, it's like, y'all have to stop overlooking the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Stop it already. Like the team has a lot of grit. You know, I think it's part of like the, the genetic makeup of it just a midwest like we're gonna fight and we're gonna fight to the end we saw how many one score games there were and it, it's never over um and, and and i think that's that's one of the things that make it so fun to watch the vikings i think there was a lot of doubts we went weeks yep. before i think we were able to get a bunch of our analysts to sort of look at the team and say yeah. okay like it's actually now time to start believing because to MJ's point, the one score games, I think, created some sort of doubt on how do they execute in some of these critical moments on top of the fact that, you know, defensively, there was a lot of issues for this football team. And I think that was the reason that gave pause to a lot of our analysts on our set. But then it started to turn. Um, but then once the postseason came around, I mean, I re specifically remember this, like I'm also a Giants fan, so there might have been a little bit of inherent <laughs> bias there, but there was no doubt in my mind that the Giants were going to go on the road and win that game. And I think a lot of it had to do with a lack of trust in coming up with some of those stops. And I think that sort of played out that way. So hopefully this team is able to address some of those needs. Well, they did, or at least they are trying to, with the hiring of Brian Flores. Yeah. And yeah. MJ, I was really excited to have you on the podcast to talk about that because yeah. I know that you are a Dolphins fan. Yeah. And obviously Brian Flores led the team for a couple, three seasons down there. So yeah. what do you think the Vikings are getting out yeah. of Coach Flores. Well, what I love about Coach Flores is he's a very no-nonsense type of coach. He's very direct. He knows exactly what he wants. That defensive mind, obviously, him now as a defensive coordinator coordinator there is tremendous. And even beyond that, when you look at what where he came from before the Dolphins, coming from a championship dynasty franchise like the New England Patriots, like you can't knock that. Um, so I think the that that level of of winning mentality of championship or nothing mentality um, is a tremendous attribute for sure. Yeah. And taking it even step further, you know, spending some time with that Steeler staff with yep. Mike Tomlin. I think that's another addition here. I think 
the one thing that I would be concerned about from a Minnesota perspective is how do you address some of the holes on this defense? You know, generally right now, there's more losses. Like I hated to see Eric Hendricks go. Mm. I mean, just a huge playmaker in that middle of that defense. And it's not exactly like the draft is littered with middle linebackers right now. So to me, that's a concern. And then statistically speaking, it just never felt like every time I watched the Minnesota game, it was going to be entertaining because I knew, hey, if Minnesota's got the ball at the Mm -hmm. end, like there's probably a good chance that they're going to be able to score. But you know, it just felt like explosive play after explosive play was given up watching that team's defense. So from a Brian Flores perspective, it does feel like a reset on the defensive side. I, I just I don't know where some of those answers are. I think they can help their secondary. This draft class is ridiculously deep um, in terms of corners. So I oh, think yeah. that might be a place where they have to go. I just don't know how you make up for the loss of Kendricks. Do you think that's where they'll go with 23? To me, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think like the kid out of Arkansas, the Sanders kid, he's probably considered the best linebacker in the group, but I don't know if he's necessarily worthy of that. But I think, you know, I don't know if Minnesota's got that ability to to not go and grab that need. Like this corner class is really deep. And I think, I still think they end up going corner. There's a couple guys in that 20 range. Uh, the kid out of Maryland, Banks, he's Deontay starting Banks. to rise a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, really, really long, great playmaker as well. I think he could fit in nicely to this defense. Um, but whoever they get has to be the 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 sauce gardener the the Tariq Woolen type where you start right in the night. Yeah, yeah you don't mm-hmm. I don't think this team has the luxury of drafting a corner in the first round and not expecting them to be a massive contributor week one yeah no that's totally fair you guys obviously have a ton of analysts coming in right now because it's kind of a vacation time it's not your usual cast of characters you get right. a lot of new faces what are they saying about where the Vikings will go in the draft. Well, even if you just look at our draft experts, right, like Daniel Jeremiah at 23 has Miles Murphy out of Clemson going there, the edge guy, which, of course, I think if there's a good edge guy available in the 20s, like you want to grab a guy like that. I do agree with with Yammer, though, in terms of the secondary situation. Um, And I feel like also the division is sort of in an interesting tipping point where if you can get really aggressive on the defensive side of the ball and start shutting people down and really capitalizing on the weaknesses of your opposing offenses, then I think you're going to set yourself up for great success. So I can definitely see them either going edge or definitely somebody in the secondary. And I think MJ makes a really good point because there has been some speculation that maybe Minnesota goes and thinks about the replacement mm-hmm. down the road for right. Kirk Cousins. I don't MJ just talked about this division. Like, why not go and take the division once again? And I always struggle when, and I get it, it's a hard balancing act. If you are on the precipice of being not only a playoff team, making a run, how much can you really plan for your future when you have some glaring holes on the defensive side right now? So I I just, I don't see them going quarterback. And even for the talk about like a hooker, for example, I, Maybe, but but why do that when when you know that you have an opportunity to take this division once again and, and get back to the postseason? I, I me personally, I'd yeah. rather go and get get me the playmaker right now. It's That's a win now me. situation. Yeah. No sure. question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of the division, I have to have this. I have to pose this question: How is it covering this Aaron Rodgers storyline? <laughs> MJ's day favorite. in, day out, oh. every single day, he makes appearances. He tells you nothing. Like, what is that like? Because obviously, he's not too popular where we're from. How is it from out here? Your vantage point. 
Be, be honest, MJ, because we led a show, and I told you I'll never let you live this down, where oh, no. you said you can empathize with Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, okay. damn, like if so you, you want to take the story every day, it's you all, yours. The, all yours. Here, and here's the thing. At that point, it was like day 27 in a row of saying, saying this whatever, man's right? name more than my own. Um, <laughs> and so there was just, I think the, the line was um, that his flight to New York was delayed. I'm like, Wow, there is a point of connection for me and A-Raj right now. He's never just thought like I'd us. find the common thread. <laughs> Obviously, it's a metaphorical flight, right? Because we're still waiting for this contract situation to to be finalized, resolved, yeah. trade, whatever at this point. Um, but look, I, I literally walked into the meeting um, one of those weeks and I was like, I'm so sick of these men. And by these men, I'm talking about Aaron. Like it, I was <laughs> over it. Over. And I think it's yeah. it's a burnout, right? Because it's like yeah. so much of the waiting, like just put us out of our misery already. What's going to happen? And I'm sure the teams feel the same. Oh, like, they would yeah, love no to have this short up, buttoned up and sealed up with a bow. But here we are still, still waiting. Still do you, waiting. Does it get solved in the during the draft? Do you think? God, I hope. Yeah, I think it has to get solved, <laughs> yeah. don't you? Because mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we are talking about draft compensation and I understand where both sides sit on this you know green bay is giving up a guy that's won four mvps remember we were talking about the stat the other day which floored me rogers has got like 12 career playoff wins the jets franchise has 11 collectively like oh, wow. you, you think about it from that perspective there's such a desperation and I, I grew up um you know i went to school in new york i used to work in midtown i grew up in northern new jersey so I, a lot of my friends and family are jets fans so i understand the appetite and the need this desperate feel for them to go and try to get a franchise quarterback but MJ and I have talked about this a lot, and we've had this conversation on TA. And to me, I can't believe that this organization put all the chips in the middle of the table and said, Aaron Rodgers is our guy. It doesn't make sense to me because he goes into a darkness retweet, uh, retweet, <laughs> retreat, retreat, sorry, uh, the other, uh, anyway, uh, we won't get into <laughs> social media stuff, which is clearly on my head, but he goes into a retreat thinking that he might retire. Like, I don't right. know how you give up massive amounts of compensation for a franchise quarterback knowing that this is what, a one year, a two year rental. Um, and it goes to show you, cause I knew, you know, you were asking about the draft you can't make huge mistakes. And the Jets made a huge mistake with the second overall pick, and they're paying the price in a big way because Zach Wilson's just not not that guy. Well, you can't forget that a week before Rodgers' gate started, the Jets were all in on Derek Carr, and Derek yeah. instead went to the Saints. So I say this with a smirk, Aaron Rodgers was the backup plan. Hell of a backup plan, yeah, right? Yeah, backup plan. And I think... From his perspective, from a business standpoint, from your career, he's like, I got all the leverage here. Y'all need me. Because at the end of the day, the man will be wearing a gold jacket. For all the shenanigans, the ayahuasca, allegedly, for the darkness retreats, he is a prolific level quarterback. And he will be in the Hall of Fame one day. But, like, all of this is just a lot. I'm trying to remember who he is on the field, right? Right. set all of this aside because I don't want to be petty about it I don't I mean I think that's that's the hardest part with this whole thing is like I think it's almost distracting you from too distracting from who he is as a player which is the opposite of what he's been trying to because he wants to control the narrative for so long and, Crazy. and he's been trying to be that media guy. There's been some some real issues there and not to make this like a COVID political conversation, but I, I do think how he yeah. handled that. I mean, this guy is thinking about hosting Jeopardy. I don't know if that's in his future based off of some of those polarizing comments. I think the people just nationally looking at him and I think to MJ's point, 
almost forgetting what he is as a player. I don't know. He's on the short list of the guys who've played the quarterback position in my lifetime. I don't know if there's a guy that makes it look easier when he's out there. I mean, the guy is absolutely flawless. It's fun to go and watch him. I just, I, it, it's it's a little bit of a, of a tough sell right now to con- consistently do this story and just go, yo, guys, like let's just get this done. So conversely, let's talk about the Vikings quarterback, Kirk Cousins, signing an extension this year, kind of re- not signing, restructuring his contract. Uh, he's obviously the guy that the Vikings want to take to the, to a championship this season you know what, what do you what do you think of Kirk and and what do you make of of his performance within the Vikings organization this past season yeah, I was thrilled for him and his success I think there was this narrative that he was sort of like this middle of the road you know quarterback who was more of a game manager and in crunch time was he really going to be able to deliver and yet consistently and we talked about this earlier those one score games a lot of that's orchestrated by by Kirk. Now you could say, "Hey, you got Justin Jefferson out there, and you throw it anywhere in, in his vicinity, and the catch radius is ridiculous." I get that, but he still was able to deliver. And even at the end of the year, like there was, I don't, he wasn't going to win it, but there was an argument to be made that his name should have also been in that MVP conversation. JJ made that from, argument. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 I, yeah. to me like. Look, he's a little bit below that tier, but if you want to extend the list of candidates outside of like two or three, he absolutely deserved to be there. I think so, too. I I always like um, he's someone I think who is easy to root for. But I think from a player's perspective and and Emrod will be the first one to walk in here and say with his whole chest, he does not mince any words. um, But there is sort of that doubt, right, that we were talking about earlier in, okay, is Kurt going to be the guy ultimately if the game is in your hands that you're going to trust to seal that up for you, get the the game-winning touchdown to go? And I think he's there's been some inconsistencies that give people pause. Um, But regardless of that, the trust that the organization has, obviously how the players interact with him, um, you'd love to see somebody who's going to be successful. So... Good for you, Kirk. Kirk O'Chains. Yeah. Made enough money to, to get one of his, his Definitely own. boosted his stock. The Chains was a well, excellent. I think no the biggest, like the biggest piece of, the of feedback I would get a lot from the players is that this is the guy that we've seen for so many right. seasons. Y'all just haven't seen yep. him. Yeah. You haven't seen this personality of him. I think I remember I interviewed TJ Hawkinson a couple of weeks after he got to the Vikings. And his first game was that Washington game where Kirk O'Chains was born. Not really. It was when he wore the glasses and oh like my God. the sure. shirt went shirtless, right? <laughs> the evolution was just he, j- he said he was like, it was ridiculous. And I, I loved every minute of it. I love being a part of that team. So I think in, in a way, I think Kirk is one of those guys who is unapologetically himself. He doesn't care what you guys are saying out there. Right. His guys know that he's right. good to go. That's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I, I think the other thing, too, to sort of streamline this and, and simplify it, when you are one thing for the beginning of your career, middle of your career, I think it's hard for people to see you as something different. And it's not just a football thing. Like think about going to a job. If you're, you know, a middle manager or or upper management, you look down and you say, oh, okay. I remember when this person was working their way up. Am I the type of person who can see them for what they could be or what they have been? And they're always stuck in that window. And I think there's a lot of NFL players slash analysts or people away from the game that see Kirk one way for what he did earlier in his career. And it's hard for them to say, Hey, Kirk cousins in the MVP conversation. How legit is that? It's like, well, damn, they keep winning these games. At some point you got to stop hating and just give the man some credit. Yeah. Don't let them box you in Kirk. 
There you go. Do you? He, he needs more Kyle Brandt in his life, right? <laughs> exactly. The number one fan of the exactly. Kirk Cousins fan yeah. club. Number one person. Well, thank you guys so much. It was great to catch up with you guys. Turn the tables on you a little bit. Be the one to ask the questions. But uh, you can catch Mike and MJ hosting NFL Total Access every night. I think it's 6 p.m. Central Time. Yes. 6 p.m. Central. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 6 p.m. Central Time yeah. on NFL Network. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. NFL Draft Always. almost here. Appreciate you guys having us. Are you, you're serious, right? I could take one of those. We are taking cards. You're taking okay. cards. cards. You can okay. have whatever you want. What else do you need? Do you want the mic flag too? You can have that. <laughs> little, little desk yeah. ornament. Little here we desk go. Ornament. Right. Get a little nice souvenir. <laughs> thank, you. thank you guys so much. Thanks again. Thank you again so much to NFL Total Access's Mike Yam and MJ Acosta-Reese for being this week's podcast guests. We're just going to come to you live from L.A. all week long. If you want more NFL draft content, the Vikings Entertainment Network is where it's at. Be sure to look at the Vikings YouTube page or on our app or on our website, Vikings.com, because we have interviews with NFL analysts Bucky Brooks, Steve Weish, Andrew Siciliano, Cynthia Freeland, and there's even a special appearance by NBC Sports' Maria Taylor, who's out here in L.A., with the broadcast boot camp here at the NFL Network where they take a bunch of players and they go through all the motions of like being analysts and being on TV and radio. And she's helping with that. So she was generous enough to give us some of her time. We actually even ran into some players. One was Patrick Peterson, which was awesome to see. Obviously so excited for him to be able to play another two years in the NFL. Unfortunately, not with the Vikings, but it was nice to see a friendly face around here. Also, we saw Indomitian Sue. Kevin Byard, Titans. Uh, we saw Mark Ingram, Saints, and all over the place. So it's kind of like the birthing ground of like your next gen analysts that'll be working in the broadcasting world post career. So it really is cool that they allow us to come here to do content, the NFL Network, but they're also fostering future broadcasters who are former players. So it's it's just been really great. We hope that you enjoy the content because as you know, we're on a countdown. We're like three weeks away from the NFL draft. And of course, if you need any more Vikings content about the draft, anything you want to know, need to know, you can tweet at me because we do have a couple pick six episodes coming up as well. So thanks for listening to this week's Vikings podcast and we will talk to you guys next week. Ooh.